When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Titan Size Podcast. I'm Luke Worsham, joined by the other two hosts of the Titan Size Podcast, Matthias Wadner, Will Lomas. The Titan Size Podcast has a new home. We are no longer on SoundCloud. We have moved to Blog Talk Radio to become a part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Still on iTunes. That is all the same. And since we are still on iTunes, Matthias is going to tell you about a contest that we're having to win a pretty cool prize. Yes, uh, we've mentioned it before on the podcast and also on Facebook, on Twitter. But just so everyone has a pretty clear idea of how the pod, uh, how the contest is run. So the prize is a Titans uh, schedule poster. It's autographed by Taylor Luan and Austin Johnson. And the way to enter the contest is to find the Titans Size podcast on iTunes. Uh, that's the name of it. Uh, leave the podcast a review with a five-star rating. And in the review, you can tell us what you want to hear in a later episode episode or just what you think of the podcast in general uh and thirdly uh you have to subscribe to the podcast and once you do that you will be automatically entered and we will uh pick a a winner at random uh for the schedule poster so last night the tennessee titans played their first preseason game of 2017 against the new york jets and uh will it was such an exciting game i mean i'm struggling to contain my excitement as we begin to to recap (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was outstanding from the long run of four yards before the third stringers came in to uh, a plethora of, inter- or of uh, incompletions by Alex Taney. I mean, you could really contain how hard to contain yourself. <laughs> I mean, That's um, for sure. this, this is a matchup that we could be watching again once January rolls around, right? <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, really, I mean, AFC Championship, I'm sure. So we told you guys before that uh, that this was the showdown of the century, and it really lived up to the hype. This was a this was a barn burner. So I mean, there were obviously some takeaways from the game, but it was such hot garbage that there wasn't really. I mean, I have some notes on stuff to talk about, but it's hard to follow. You really just kind of want to rant. So let's start out by talking about the quarterback that. He might have set a record for most snaps taken or or maybe just most time played in an NFL preseason game. That's Alex Tanney. He played for three and a half quarters. Uh, he It only took him one play to have to enter the concussion protocol. Let's just talk about his performance a little bit, which was subpar to say the least. To say the least, yeah. It, just, it really was a depressing performance. Uh, Tyler Ferguson uh, came in for one play through a four-yard, four-yard like little out route on uh, on like third and nine or something, and he looked better on that one pass than Alex Tanney did the entire game, and it was just uh, people have said earlier in the offseason that Tanney might be pushing 
Matt Castle for that number two spot, but th- this performance just solidified Castle as the two, and it kind of just gives an appreciation towards Matt Castle and even Marcus Mariota. Mariota, sorry. And, um, yeah, it's just we should appreciate them because the drop-off from Castle to Taney is a big one, and if both Castle and Mariota were to go down, we would be screwed, to put it lightly. Yeah, I tweeted out last night a link to all the free agent quarterbacks available after watching Alex Taney play <laughs> for extended time. I mean, and I was on the Alex Taney train. I mean, I, I was, I liked what he did against Indianapolis, what seems like forever ago. You know, I don't have any bad memories of him in the preseason, but after that hit, he just looked awful. I mean, that, there was, you know, he looked like he had specific guys coming out of the huddle that he wanted to go to. You know, he he looks like he's best friends with Kraus, who is number 17, in case you don't know. I mean, this team was really hurting for anything over the middle, and there was no timing, and Tanny just seemed off. I mean, and that's the best way I can say it. He took eight He looked like Rusty too. Smith. Yeah, sack, both yeah. of those things are both those things are true. Is he took a ton of sacks and he did look exactly like Rusty Smith, except Rusty Smith looked like <laughs> he had some promise every now and then. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it, it was just, the, I mean, this was maybe the hardest you know preseason game I've had to watch all season, and I had the most invested in it. Yeah, the second half was really tough to even get through because of Alex Danny. Yeah. Luckily for the Titans, Alex Tanney is only the third-string quarterback because they have Matt Castle, and they have a fully healthy Marcus Mariota who played two series last night. He looked healthy. He didn't do anything spectacular. Mm -hmm. He he made a nice rollout. What were some things you took away from his performance other than the fact that he's healthy? I, I thought he looked great, and he did everything that I just needed to see from him. On the first play of the, of the, not of the game, of, of the series for him, he uh, he rolled out to his right, made a perfect throw on the run, and in doing so, he looked he looked just as fast as he did pre-injury. So that was really encouraging to see. And then, um, uh, I mean, of course, he was the offense was going to be rusty, but I mean, he looked fine on the throws he made, and also on the scramble uh, to the left. I think it was on like third and seventeen or something. Um, yeah, he looked good. So I saw everything I needed to see from him. Honestly, I didn't want him to even come out for the second series, but uh, he he was probably campaigning hard to get back out there but uh yeah i saw everything i needed from him yeah the first play was really everything kind of encapsulated he moved out of the pocket he you know he attacked outside of the structure of the play he he did that thing that still kind of concerns me where he'll roll right to the edge and throw almost across his body but Rashard matthews was wide open so it was a no-brainer uh you know you hate to see him get hit on that sack but you like to see him get up Mm -hmm. in the neck you know on that third down he still ran it so he obviously didn't have any kind of cobwebs he wasn't afraid of getting hit you know he seems you know back to mobile you know i'm not afraid to leave the pocket marcus Mariota. so which is a great thing for titans fans Mm -hmm. i was uh, every time i see Mariota go down or get sacked i just i have a slight heart attack and but i'm just glad he got back up and uh we yeah we came out of this game completely healthy i think so that was also a, at least one good thing to take away from this game moving from the first team offense to the first team defense there were a couple of players wesley woodyard kevin byard we'll talk about in a second who had very nice games but then there were a couple bryce mccain logan ryan both cornerbacks who had rough games logan ryan giving up a huge over 50 yard completion to robbie anderson on one of the first throws of the game by josh mccown 
his night altogether, it wasn't just on that play. He gave up a lot of easy pitch and catch routes. Logan Ryan did not have a good debut in two-tone blue, despite the fact that after Jarrell Casey's contract extension, he is the second highest paid player on the team. Yeah, I'd be I'd be lying if I said uh, I'm not concerned about Logan Ryan. He was brought in with the idea of him being at least the number one or the number two cornerback in uh, in in a revamped secondary. But there hasn't been really like great reports from him at a camp. You haven't really heard much about him, and he's actually been getting beat pretty often, um, or at least he was by Corey Davis uh, when Davis was in camp. And um, yeah, to get beat by Robbie Anderson, although, I mean, I like Robbie Anderson. I mentioned that before, but to get beat deep like that on on the first series of the game and then get get beat a couple times and not make any pass breakups on the on the three uh, on the three passes that were thrown at him, it's a little concerning, especially because we we paid so much for him and he was like the main the main free agent that we that we were that we went for. Yeah, I mean, he was supposed to be the crowning jewel of this whole free agent class, and we we need to understand by now that that's not really how John Robinson does things. He's not going to go out and get a huge, you know, $16 million a year kind of guy, whether it's at tackle, pass rusher, corner, whatever. I, I think the goal is for three years down the road for Adoree Jackson to be the number one corner, for Logan Ryan to be the second corner, and then to have somebody that can come in and push Ryan inside to the slot or somebody who can play the slot extremely well and that is just very focused at that position. So it, it's hard to watch that quarterback and that wide receiver beat, beat uh, Logan Ryan, but I think Robinson knows him well enough from his time in New England, from all that coaching staff, to know that there is a way to correctly use Logan Ryan, and it may not be as a number one corner. We we may you know we may see the Titans put more stress on Adoree Jackson to be the quote unquote number one, and Logan Ryan may just have to get help, or they may have to send pressure if they know he's going to be man on man for you know an extended period of time. But it it, it wasn't great to watch. I think once mm-hmm. once we get into the regular season and you game plan and you're not playing a team like the New York Jets who are have the worst roster in football, you're going to see Dick LeBeau and Mike Malarkey play Logan Ryan, LaShawn Sims, Bryce McCain, and Dory Jackson based on the opposing receivers. For instance, Oakland week one, I think you could very easily see Logan Ryan matching up with Michael Michael Crabtree, who's a slower possession mm-hmm. receiver, and then maybe letting a Dory Jackson play some on Amari Cooper, who's smaller and more of a speed type of guy. Yeah, that would make sense for sure. Um, I mean, they're, they're going to have to mix and match throughout the season, especially because neither Sims hasn't really, I mean, he's had a good camp, but uh, we didn't really get to see much of him. Uh, in this game, he didn't really get thrown out very often. Uh, Ryan was mostly the one that got thrown out. And then Adori, when he came in, uh, he showed some things. He gave up a couple of catches, but I, I thought he did fine. And he made some good stops uh, uh, stops um, on receivers after after the catch. So ideally, going into the season, you want Sims Sims and uh, Adori on the outside and possibly and probably Ryan in the slot, but it does seem like the coaching staff just really trust Bryce McCain, which I don't understand why he gave up another touchdown on the first drive of this game. And he was completely lost out there, but I, I guess he just has the confidence of the coaching staff for some reason. 
Yeah, I think we're going to see more of an emphasis on playmaking, you know, quote unquote playmaking uh, in this upcoming season. Guys like Adoree Jackson and Logan Ryan may play more off the ball than they have, but it, it seems like what they want and, you know, take this for what it's worth after watching one preseason game, but it looks like they want to give them more cushion and then have them come downhill and attack the ball, which is what Ryan and Jackson did well in their previous stops, Jackson in college. But it, it doesn't look like they want to play that tight man unless they have safety help over the top. And, you know, I don't want to go to Byard too soon or anything, but when you have Byard come down and play in the box like he can and Cyprian do the same thing, you might not have too high safety that often. Mm-hmm. And they really like Byard in the box because you saw it on the first drive. He made two fantastic stops uh, in the run game while coming down from a safety spot. So that that that's a good point that you bring up. They might just like Byard and Cyprian in the box together, uh, but if they do that, the corners would have to would have to truly lock down their receivers, and they haven't been they haven't shown to be able to do that yet. Byard made a heck of yeah. a play on, on a run yeah. last night where he started at a deep safety spot, and as soon as the ball was stat- snapped, he-, he sprinted behind the line of scrimmage and made a tackle for loss. Yeah, he's going to be a star. I'm really excited to yeah, see Yeah, he, he did it twice. Uh, th- there was one time on the goal line where it looked like he was reading the guard, and as soon as the guard took a step to his left, I believe, uh, Byard came down and came and filled that gap so quickly that nobody could pick him up. The What makes Byard special is that he can play 10 yards off the ball read the first step of the guy he's supposed to read and instantly go downhill. That's what he did on the one tackle for loss. I mean, I looked at it. He was 10-plus yards away from the line of scrimmage when the ball was snapped backing up. And as soon as that uh, backside tackler tied in, I don't remember what it was, took a step away, he came downhill as fast as he could and, I mean, made a tackle for loss. It's hard to cover 11 yards in what was about – one and a half seconds when you don't mm-hmm. really know where the ball's going ahead of time. It was one of the most impressive things I've seen him do in his entire career. Yeah, we're going to have one of the best run defenses in the league if if Byard and Cyprian uh, show what they've showed uh, in the past as run stoppers. And also Logan Ryan and Adoree Jackson are really adept tacklers at their positions. So, I mean, I don't think a lot of people are going to be able to run on us. Passing is, is another another subject. Two of the Titans' mid-round draft picks, linebacker Jayon Brown and wide receiver Taewon Taylor, had really good games last night for the most part. Let's start by talking about Brown. He was all over the field. He played nickel linebacker with the first-team defense, was covering tight ends, was making stops in the run game. He just had an overall really good debut as a Titan. Yeah, I think he only had like one one play where where uh, I think the fullback like branched out into the into the flat and uh, he he was just a little bit late there but other than that he was fantastic I thought he was easily our best player last night he was making plays all over the field he was covering uh, running backs in the flat not letting not letting them get more than maybe three or four yards uh, he made a good cover and tackle on Safarian Jenkins um, something that we haven't seen in years uh, a linebacker covering a tight end it's just unheard of and in Titans land, but yeah, he was fantastic. I'll let Will talk about him more because he just came out with a with an article on him. Yeah, I mean, right now, Jalen Brown's my you know hot you know hot buzz kind of guy. He just does everything right. You know, I was expecting him to come in and be you know you watch him in college and you expect him to be kind of leaner, more of a drop five yards and cover kind of guy. That wasn't what I saw. I mean, he could do that, but 
he was fast flow to the ball. He set the edge when he was, you know, coming down that when they were trying to run weak side on him, he penetrated in the backfield. Him and Aaron Wallace were yeah. great for two or three plays mm-hmm. in a row where it looked like you just couldn't get more than two yards down the field without one of them tackling you. I mean, I think, you know, I, I don't know what site would chart it, but I, I want to say that they combined for two or three uh, plays in a 10 play span where they were either the first guy on a tackle for lost, or they ended up cleaning up and getting the tackle for loss. It, I mean, they look like they should be their own nickel package group where they're both in it, that they, they were Aaron, fast flow. Yeah. I mean, I mean oh, sorry. No, 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 Go you're ahead. good. It, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to hear more about Aaron Wallace and Jalen Brown wherever I can. Cause I feel like sometimes <laughs> I'm the only one banging the drum on them. Cause I mean, I, I don't know how you can, and I love Avery Williamson and Wesley Woodard for what they are, but I don't know how you can see Aaron Wallace and Jalen Brown and not think those guys are making impacts while Wesley Woodyard and Avery Williamson are just kind of holding the fort. I mean, it's two different speeds when you watch them. And I think throughout this preseason, you're going to see John Brown and Aaron Wallace work more and more with the first team. There's no reason you can't have Aaron Wallace come in and spell Brian Arakpo to give you another quick twitch pass rusher on the outside that can kind of float to inside linebacker and also having Jayon Brown there to help cover tight ends. It's, it should be a really good package, and I'm curious to see if LeBeau puts that in. Yeah, Aaron Wallace really stood out to me for a variety of reasons. Uh, first of all, I thought he looked way bigger than he did in his rookie season. His rookie season, he kind of looked like a, like a bit of an undersized 3-4 uh, outside linebacker, but he looks kind of rocked up right now. Uh, and that, that's good to see because uh, he looked more like a 3-4 oh, outside linebacker. And I also think he could play inside linebacker in this scheme also, um, possibly for Williamson or, or for Woodyard in the future because he has that type of range. Uh, and he showed it. Uh, he made a, fan- a couple fantastic plays in run defense. And then uh, on the other series, he was he was pressuring the quarterback really well a couple times. Uh, and he was um, he was uh, crucial for one of the sacks. I think it was Brendan Trawick's sack. Uh, Wallace yeah. actually got to the quarterback first, and then Trawick just cleaned up. Um, so yeah, I was really impressed with with Wallace and also Brown. So they're going to be important players. Ever since training camp began for the Titans, their offense has run plays with the effort of getting Taewon Taylor the football in space, whether it be a screen, an end around, and nothing changed on that front in last night's preseason game. Taewon Taylor is really the one guy last night, on offense anyway, that he played with the first team and pretty much played the rest of the game. He led the team in targets with, I think, eight or nine. He had a really nice night overall. Yeah, he did. Um, he, he was looked to very often. Uh, he was creating separation pretty often. He had that huge catch. Uh, that was a 67-yard touchdown initially, uh, but he just got touched down. Uh, he went over the over the cornerback on that one, which uh, he showed to be able to do in, in college, uh, even though he's a bit, a bit on the short side, like around 5'11". Um, yeah, no, he can do that. He can get up there and, and catch over, catch over the cornerbacks. Uh, he did, uh, he did, um, drop a couple, not drop, but at least, uh, on some contested catches, uh, he couldn't come up with it, but he, he showed strong hands on a couple of them. And that was, uh, that was good to see. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of, uh, John Brown from, uh, from the Cardinals, a mm. uh, bit of a shorter guy, but he's really quick, really decisive in his cuts. And you saw that on the end around. 
um, where, where he took it for nine yards. And, uh, yeah, he, he's going to be a really nice chess piece in this offense. Let me chip in real quick. I think the big difference between Taylor and, and John Brown is going to be John, their size is very similar, but John Brown is much more of a straight line speed guy. Whereas mm-hmm. Taewon yeah. Taylor has the lower body explosion and the route running ability to be more than just a, a deep threat. And that's kind of what yeah, Brown yeah. has become is nothing but a straight down the field, deep threat. Yeah. I meant it more for like their just physical, mm-hmm. physical appearances. Um, but yeah, T- Taylor is more of a, more of a threat in the middle of the field and uh, uh, in the short to intermediate game than, than Brown is, which uh, fits Marcus Mariota much better than uh, a player of Brown's caliber would. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about his lower body strength and explosion. I, I really wanted to see him run that nine route a couple of times and then come in with a hard slant because they were getting guys back backing off of him. I really would like to see him with the ball in space. And they tried to do that with the end around, and, and you know, he got ten yards or whatever it was. And it was a good play, but you know, I use him more practically. Use him on slants. Use him on drags. You, you know, use him on a post. Something to where he can really get open with a hard break to the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. The problem was that Alex Tanny was at quarterback, so he couldn't really <laughs> show off much. <laughs> sure, and the offensive line must have a problem with Tanny because they they did not oh my put forth their best effort blocking. Dude, there were several breakdowns, even even within the the starting offensive line. There were a lot of breakdowns in their in their scheme. I don't know, I don't know what was going on, but they they need to get it. Well, fixed. On the, if if I. On that note, a couple of numbers from last night's game that are very startling. Nine sacks total for the New York Jets, eight of them of Alex Tanney. And throughout the game, the Titans' offense was a staggering three of 16 on third down. Oh, my God. That's really bad. I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, I mean I'm not expecting that to happen in the, in the regular season, especially considering Mariota is very good at uh, at third down conversions and especially in the red zone and uh, with Decker and Decker and Richard Matthews and Delaney Walker, we shouldn't have a problem in that area, but just, it was just a pitiful, pitiful performance last night. And I know we want to say that it's just preseason, but I mean, this kind of stuff matters. A lot of teams go into preseason and they're just fine, even with their backups and to score three points in a preseason game against the New York jets who have a, a terrible roster. I hate to keep saying it, but it's true. Um, that was that was really bad. Yeah, it was real tough to watch. Um, the one thing I kind of take solace in, if I'm you know trying to be a pure Titans fan, is they were without Corey Davis, who should be their number one receiver. Mm-hmm. They were without Demarco Murray, who should be their number one running back. They were mm-hmm. without uh, Matt Castle, who should be their number two quarterback. So, uh, you know, I don't know if Alex Tanney might not know the protections as well. Maybe he's not calling them right. Maybe he's not seeing it right. Um, because you would think that responsibility would fall to him as the guy who's been there longer than, you know, Corey Levin, who's the third string center. Um, and, and I don't know if Henry maybe went in the wrong gap when that blitz pickup happened, because it looked like there was supposed to be some help from somewhere that uh, Ben Jones didn't know because he came off of his guy expecting somebody to be in that backside uh, a gap slash B gap kind of mushed area but there's nobody there to help, and I don't know if that was a line call or if that was a running back missing their assignment. Or I believe it was also the play that J- uh, that uh, Johnu Smith was in at fullback. So there may have been some miscommunication there too. So I'm 
trying to give the benefit of the doubt to an offensive line that proved for 16 games last year that they deserved the benefit of a doubt. Um, but, you know, it, it was hard to watch, and you would like some more crisp. Oh, and Tajay Sharp's also not in. So you're getting, mm-hmm. you know, two of your top four receivers are not playing. And so you don't really get that two versus two look that could have shined. You get threes versus two for the large port, uh, part of the second, third quarters, and then no 3v3s because your guys have already been worn down and you don't have those fresh legs. So it kind of distorts that when you don't have those quality backups. But, you know, it's it's something the Titans still should have been able to overcome with their roster talent and the Jets' roster talent. I think another aspect is uh, also Harry Douglas only played uh, a little bit, and when he played, he was the greatest player on earth. I think if we would have <laughs> yeah. played more, we, we would have won the game, honestly. Yeah, I mean, he he may have earned a start or not a start a roster spot with that with his game. I mean, we may look back and he may be average for the next three preseason games. But Mike Malarkey and John Robinson have such an affinity, and uh, Terry Rubisky too have such an affinity for him, and they really just like him as a person. And Charles Davis and Dan Haley were talking up his leadership characteristics. That that just small you know, three-play window where he really made some good catches for Alex Tandy, who wasn't throwing good passes. That may earn him a roster spot. As we start to on the bat, I guess. wrap up our recap of last night's game, there are two more defensive players that we need to go over. Uh, Matias, I'll have you go over the first one because I know that's a guy you really like, and that's Mr. Irrelevant Kalen Reed, who just received the, for what it's worth, pro football focus game ball from last night, whatever that means. And, uh, Will, I'm going to give you the guy that I'm going to go on the record as saying is the best player on the Tennessee Titans roster right now, and that's Jarrell Casey, who had his way with the scrubs on the New York Jets offensive line. So let's talk about those two guys, starting with Kalen Reed. Yeah, I'll start because Kalen Reed uh, is the greatest football player of all time. All right, I'm kidding. But seriously, (laughs) he was really good last night, and uh, apparently he's been really good throughout all of camp. So uh, his practices are translating to the games, and it was really nice to see. He made several hits, several pretty really good tackles on short passes that were going in his direction. He was also very active in the run game, sticking his nose in there, uh, making a couple tackles in the run game as well. And uh, when he was getting thrown at, uh, I think he got thrown at a couple times, uh, not deep, but about like 15 to 20 yards. He played really sticky coverage, uh, didn't let didn't let uh, his receivers get get much separation and uh, or even get completions. And that was really good to see because I've been kind of pounding the table for him to make this roster uh, as the as the fifth cornerback. I mean, preferably fourth and then Bryce McCain's gone, but we, it's not going to happen. But I really think Kalen Reed might have earned himself a a roster spot with that performance and if he has another performance on uh in the next two games i think he's definitely going to assure himself that uh he makes the the active roster Jarrell casey all right uh yeah Jarrell casey i don't know how you can argue he wasn't the most dominant player for the titans on either side of the ball when the ones were out there I, I'm not sure if it was back-to-back, but it seemed like it was either back-to-back or two out of the first three plays. He instantly swam over the backside tackle and made a tackle for loss on a play that a 320-pound guy should never make. And then the next play, he shucked a tight end that the Jets, for some reason, thought it was okay to try to block him one-on-one with and went low on the Jets quarterback, which is a whole different discussion for another time. That was because awful. We have to... 
Yeah, we have to argue mm-hmm. the intent of that rule because when you when you think about it compared to uh, what Olivier Vernon did to Marcus Mariota when he hurt him, they're mm-hmm. two completely different things. There's no intention. It, it it wasn't a malicious act. It was just he had him by the ankles and he was just trying to get him down. It, there was no nothing that was going to come of that. But I mean, even even after those plays, they took him out because he was frustrated for a play, and then he came back in. He's just a steady, dominant force that you don't see in a guy who, on his sack, played four three for yeah four three defensive end, and then on his tackle for loss was playing inside at defensive tackle. I mean, you don't get big impact plays all over the line unless you're J.J. Watt, Aaron Donald, or Jerome Casey. There's one last thing I want to get in before we wrap up our recap as we were preparing. And going over talking points, Will, you provided us with your uh, two conspiracies for why last night's game was <laughs> such hot garbage. If you would please share those with our audience. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so put this in the purely conjecture part of this podcast because I have no facts to back this up. I didn't see any late night tweets from anybody, but uh, Nashville's a great city. I love Nashville. Everybody loves Nashville, but it's not, you know, it's not New York. I'm my first conspiracy is that the Titans players may have gone to New York knowing it was the first preseason game and the the ones knew that they were going to play 10 to 12 plays and that they were a pretty good team. The Jets weren't great. And maybe they enjoyed the nightlight and the scenery just a tad more than they should have. And it affected their performance. <laughs> and I think that's fair. It's a preseason game. They're young millionaires. They, they should have fun with their life while they can. I've, I've got no problem with it. That's that's what I'm hoping happened, and I'm hoping it wasn't you know a drastic change in talent from last year. So I'm gonna lean that way with that one. My second conspiracy theory might have a few more you know <laughs> tangible things to look at. Is on ta- on Tanny's first play of the game, he instantly got popped. He got helmet destroyed. Helmet, which, yeah, yeah, which you wrecked. know if we're gonna call if we're gonna call the penalty on drill Casey for tackling low you would like to see the refs call it both ways and, and see you know uh, the Titans get a penalty in their favor for getting tackled helmet helmet as hard as he could so you, you know and Tanny had to come out Ferguson came in for the only time we saw him that night and you know lit it up with one for one uh, but you know you saw Tanny go down hard it was a big hit I'm not 100% sure he should have come back in that game. I didn't perform the concussion test. I don't know the doctor that did. I don't know what they found. He, he looked like he was asking to go back in on the sideline, as I would if I was you know, in line for a million-dollar contract. But, you know, I don't know that he was completely there the whole game, which explains why he looked so much worse than he ever has before. So, you know, maybe mm-hmm. he wakes up today and doesn't remember anything about last night, and that may be a good thing, and it, it may be a good thing for all parties. Next week, the Carolina Panthers, Cam Newton, Luke Keekley, Christian McCaffrey coming to Nashville to take on the Tides at Nissan Stadium. We will be back next week to preview that matchup. But unless you guys have anything else, I think that's going to do it for our recap of the Jets. No, we're good. No, that's it. All right, we will see everybody next week to preview the Carolina Panthers from Matthias Wadner, Will Lomas. I'm Luke Worsham. We'll see everybody next time.